You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings and salutations, sir. <sighs> Greetings and salutations and this to you. Rainy recording morning. Yeah. I was leaving the office yesterday. Great day. I'm like, it's not going to rain at my house. And thank goodness, because I need to mow. <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as... Uh, as soon as I walked out of the office, I'm like, it's sprinkling. Uh-oh. Alert. <laughs> I Jet home. I booked it. I really did. I was like looking in my mirrors. I'm like, I can get there. I can get there. I can mow. I can do this. And I, I mean, I immediately, I mean, I jumped on that mower, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> and I got it done. Wow. Yeah. I was not prepared for that yeah, twist it, in the story. It did not rain at my house. Mm, so, how about that? Like as, as the weather app predicted. It's like, did you lie to me, boy? Don't no. lie to me, boy. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I made it. Yeah. But that's... thank goodness, because today it's like, it's drizzly. You know? Yeah. I'm actually supposed to have my lawn mowed today, but mm. who knows? It's supposed to clear up later, so yeah, my weather app says. Yeah. I don't know. We'll mm. see. Let me tell you something else, too. I'm really discovering. Yeah. I think we maybe even talked about this recently, and I can't remember, so forgive me, listeners, if I'm repeating myself, but pulling weeds, landscaping, mm. all that stuff. Yeah. <sighs> Not fun. Man. They come back so fast. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Uh, is this like a garden scenario you're dealing with? Like my flower beds and stuff. And it's not like in the flower bed itself necessarily. It's like on the edges, the periphery. You know what yeah, I mean? Where yeah. like maybe like the landscape fabric. Yeah. It's just finding, you know, life finds a way. <laughs> like you, spirit of Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, anytime, anytime. So yeah. anyway, I mean, that's neither here nor there. That's just, I've never done flower beds and stuff like that before like that's all you know stuff i'm like i want to you know try to beautify my yeah my home my property and it's certainly some it's new work. new yeah. things to take care of you know that's all i that's all. hate whatever form of plant life is on to the right of my steps it's so boring it's so disappointing i'm like what are you going to turn into nothing nothing <laughs> it's like you went to college for theater what are you gonna do with yourself no okay i don't know where that came from <laughs> Repressed frustration. <laughs> Is this Dead no. Poet Society? <laughs> oh, oh, kudos to getting that reference. So, yeah. yeah. So maybe you need to pull that out and plan yeah. something new. I think so. You're but, making it sound hard, but hopefully worth it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, you know what else needs to be pulled out mm. and gotten rid of? Tell me. Heresy. Mm. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> root it out. Pull it out from the roots. Get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, that's what you we want to do. What's the name? I don't even know the name of a weed killer. Roundup. Roundup. We're going to round it up. <laughs> <laughs> Just go up to, you know, Nestorius or whatever and be like, hey, Nestorius. Spay Roundup in his eye. That's horrifying. Isn't it? That's awful. Don't do that. But on that note, yes, we are concluding our sporadic miniseries today on Christological heresies with this episode. Yeah. On the arch heresy. Whoa. Articulated by the arch heretic of Christendom. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is really dark. Isn't Satan? It? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> it's just Satan. But close. <laughs> no, I am uh, referring to the ancient heresy known as Arianism. This is one that some people hear about. Yeah. You know? Arianism, which is named after its primary articulator, Arius. Yeah, I knew it was too old for Hitler, so... <laughs> it's <laughs> it to be somewhere really, else. You do have to, like, really clearly, you know... <laughs> it's like, Arians 
are not to be confused with Aryans, you know, <laughs> like with a Y, like Aryans, you know, um, you know, white skinned, blonde haired, yeah, blue eyed. the subtitles of what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> As opposed to Aryans with the IA, which are the yeah. heretics mm. who um, deny the full divinity of our Lord. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Arius, he was actually a bishop bishop in the 300s AD, as is often sadly the case. It's yeah. like, it's a bishop, you, gotta, you know, you somebody. Know stuff to go off the rails. <laughs> That's right. Like, yeah, he was a bishop in the 300s, and to sum up the matter briefly, he denied the full divinity of Jesus Christ because he believed that the Son was not eternal, hmm. but rather he was created. And actually, in fact, the Arians had a chant for their position. So the story goes that when like counselors were convened and there was this battling happening between the Arians and the non-Arians, the Orthodox, they would come in and I can't remember the Greek chant because it's actually very catchy, like in the Greek in particular, but in the English it translates to uh, there was when the sun was not. So you just have this group of people chanting like there was when the sun was not there was when the sun was not when you're trying to like have like an argument that is the worst (laughs) i i don't i don't think i'm super thrilled with anyone who decides they need a chant to kind of like (laughs) rally their team i'm like oh that that doesn't feel good at all it either feels like very menacing like what is happening here or it sounds childish yeah it's like can we have a meeting we're trying to talk can we dialogue as adults and said there was and the sun was not like we're trying to there was when the sun was not like (laughs) but like what this also reminds me of is like the sometimes really sneakily worded questions that Ligonier puts out Mm -hmm. and and you're like if you read it quickly it uses all the familiar religious language and you're like yeah that almost sounds right except it's actually heresy massive heresy what is happening (laughs) She's like, wait a minute. Hold on. Not created, not in the order of created things. (laughs) Yeah, time out. So, yes, obviously, this created some major problems for the church because if Jesus Christ is not truly divine, then the church had been committing idolatry in their worship for the past three centuries, you know, because they've been worshiping Jesus Christ. Uh That's pretty blatant. (laughs) And and that is, in case you are wondering, something of a big deal if you've committed idolatry. I mean, that is... He he didn't hold back. I will no, say that. No. Uh, but I feel like this man was really like, okay, I'd like to submit some fan fiction that completely contradicts <laughs> the core tenets of our faith. I mean, it's a bold move. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, it's not a small thing. So what I'm what I'm really wondering for someone in his position, a bishop, yeah. what brought him to this conclusion? Because mm, yes. there has to be like some detail or verse that sends this bishop into orbit. Yes, into chanting rallies. <laughs> How do you get there, man? What is happening What is going on? Yes, that is a well-put question because, believe it or not, he did have proof texts for his position, you know, which, as we've discussed in previous episodes dealing with, like, cults and the heresies we've talked about here, that's typically what happens is you take a verse or a passage in isolation Mm -hmm. and you misread it out of step with you know, how the church has understood it historically within the grammatical grounds of the, of the text or whatever. Um, So believe it or not though, Arius's primary proof text for denying the full divinity of Christ wasn't from like the epistles or the gospels or anything like that, you know, expected territory. No, no. Yeah. I'm thinking gospels are like Genesis or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You get something in there, right? No, 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 no. Instead, Arius believed and taught that the son was created by God and served as a sort of intermediary being between God and creation, kind of this weird position. He taught that and believed that based on his reading, of all things, of the eighth chapter of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs, my man. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? 
What? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Let me read the particular section that he favored. And this is this is from verses 22 on, which is wisdom personified. Like Solomon's mm-hmm. got wisdom personified here. Wisdom is speaking mm-hmm. and says, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields of the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep and so on and so forth, it goes. So perhaps you're wondering, Josiah, how in the world do these verses teach that there was a time when the sun didn't exist? That's exactly what I was wondering. Great question indeed. Thanks for asking, Ethan. Thanks. Thanks Thanks for wondering. That's a wonderful line of inquiry. Here's the very short answer to that. The way the ancients read the Bible, they were very particularly interested in seeing how Christ appears all throughout the Old Testament. That's great. Yeah. Great impulse that we really ought to recover. And especially in their historical context, they're debating and dialoguing a lot with the Jews who are like, the Old Testament, like, they're trying to deny, like, oh, Isaiah 53 isn't about Jesus. Mm. And they're like, well, no, like, we need to show that not only is Isaiah 53 about Jesus, but like, you can see him. As he said in his own words, all of the scripture (laughs) points to me. So, again, great impulse, one we ought to recover. But it did from time to time lead to some rather outlandish readings, (laughs) such as the one that Arius took. Here, which yeah. was way out of step with how everyone else had read it. I mean, for a minute there, I thought it. you can say he got this idea from the Song of Solomon. So then, like, <laughs> at this point, nothing surprises me. But I mean, okay, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but yep. if you like literally just look at verse one of this chapter, it makes his reading a little bit hard to defend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. Even even the verses you shared, like if if read in total isolation, they just don't give me enough information to suggest that it relates to Christ. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. don't get that. Like, it would leave me with questions, uncertainty, room yep. for imagination. Yeah. God forbid. Because um, <laughs> this happens. But I just I just don't find myself left with the clarity to suddenly jump to interpretation from this. Yeah. And I mean, I was joking earlier when I said fan fiction. It's now starting to feel exactly <laughs> it's like It's starting that. to feel like a legitimate theological fan fiction. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. And part of un- trying to understand how Arius got to this reading was he understood God's wisdom to be Christ himself, which was not a stretch, Hmm. either scripturally or in the views of the church fathers. And you could base that on other New Testament passages like 1 Corinthians 130, where Paul says that Christ Jesus became to us wisdom from God. And if you take all that very woodenly and in isolation and without reading other very clear passages, you could could begin to construct an Aryan Christology. You could say, look, Scripture says God's wisdom was the first of his acts. Like, it's it's a distinct act from him somehow. But were they thinking that when Proverbs was written? Right, yeah, and that's that's the other part of the problem. Also, in the Old Testament, you are dealing with lesser light. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, it was obviously not an accepted reading (laughs) by the church. You know what I mean? Created all kinds of weird stuff. Mm. And just the kind of hermeneutical gymnastics you have to begin to do mm-hmm. to get a reading out of that that makes sense. Yeah. Like by the time you start like drawing connections from from this verse in Proverbs to this is how they said it later, like it's starting to feel like a Gnostic formula or <laughs> like something. It's like, lo, I have connected the secret dots <laughs> and unlocked the constellation of proof text. It's like... I don't know, man. Like, you're asking a lot of me. Yes, right. And so, yeah, obviously the church rejected that reading because it didn't line up with how they'd understood scripture historically. And even though our understanding of Christ and how his human nature 
was united to the divine nature like that developed our understanding of it developed and became refined over time mm-hmm. but it was never in line arius's view was never in line with <laughs> yeah what we were so talking about here he has all these people with chance he yeah. has a following huge he is a huge yes and he's a bishop yes but the church rejected this reading yes i mean relief first of all yes that's great <laughs> was it like a simple thing we're like oh dude you're like so off the rails and it was like a non-issue or what was the landscape of that? Yeah. So this gets really complicated and I wish maybe we should have just taken a whole episode to talk about this. But there were at this point political considerations happening as well. Mm. So Arius had won the favor of I can't remember which of the Roman lords he had won the favor of. Mm. But one of the Roman bigwigs. Yeah. He was like, oh, that like that teaching makes sense to me. Mm. And so there was kind of this. What would be the term? There was sort of this like political prestige attached to Arius's position. Yeah, he had like it's like oh he got the, the yeah mm-hmm. he has the favor of this part of the Roman court now. It's not good. Yeah, and uh, so <laughs> so what happened was a lot of the cosmopolitan bishops, so a lot of like the bishops of bigger areas, bigger cities, bigger churches, were like, oh well, like you know, oh, no, this is great. Like let's get on board with this. The currency of influence. Yes, yes, and what happened is. When these debates were initially being introduced to the wider church and the councils were being convened, it was kind of like a, like, it's not that big a deal. Like, let's just agree to disagree. And what ended up happening was the orthodox side that was in line with how the church had been understanding scripture and Christ's role from the beginning was another bishop named Athanasius. And we actually talked about him a few weeks ago. Yeah, we talked about him in in the sermon a few weeks ago. And uh, he's a hugely important character in church history because... The church did ultimately reject the Arian heresy under his guidance and leadership, but there was a time when it did seem like because of the political influence and the fact that all these powerful cosmopolitan bishops were like, hey, this is not that big a deal. Like, let's just agree to disagree. Actually, at one point, the great Bible scholar Jerome there was a period when it, it had so swept across the leadership of the churches that he once wrote, the world has awakened and groaned to find itself Arian. He wrote that. <sighs> I think he was in dialogue with Augustine about that. Oh, um, that's so cool. But all that is to say, again, many bishops didn't think Arius' teachings were that big a deal. They mm. thought the precise nature of Jesus' divinity was something that Christians should be able to disagree on. And it's like, uh, no, <laughs> we can't. Like, that's yeah, not a that's I not mean, a third rank issue. Exactly. Oh, exactly. So yeah. I feel like there there are a great many things. I wish just we, the collective we, yeah. we're all better at holding different views on. That's it at me. I'm speaking right, at myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, but it's like. Wouldn't this, uh, come on, this is yeah, a, like you this can't, is a first rank doctrine. Yeah, man. it's like, it's, it's called Christianity. It's like, <laughs> like it's, it's Christ either yeah. is God manifested in the flesh, as Paul says in First Timothy, right? Like that's another, yeah. like he says, God was manifested in the flesh. Like yeah. either that happened or it didn't. Like you can't, you can't agree to disagree on that. Like we spent all that time hitting cults and it's like you would hit this one snag. It's like, oh yeah, but not the Trinity. I'm like, yeah, like, but here's the thing. Dude. <laughs> Like, if not the Trinity, we're in a different religion yeah, now. It's just, different it's faith. just something else, yeah, man. Like, You're not, it's not. Yeah. Like, again, you get into those, like, second, third rank issues that are still important, yeah. but, like, you're still within Christendom yeah, if exactly. you disagree on, like, your views of the millennium or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, the joke, it's like, you know, the millennium, a thousand years of peace that Christians love to fight about, you know? <laughs> But this is not like, <laughs> right. This is not argument territory. Yeah. So obviously Athanasius knew better because he knew that the very heart of the Christian faith was at stake and whether or not Jesus was God. You know, like if he's not, we've been worshiping a mere creature. We're doomed. Yeah. Also, Centuries. if he's not, 
we're doomed not only because we've committed idolatry, but we haven't been saved. Yeah. Oh. You know, like uh, Jesus wasn't actually able to pay the price for sin. He wasn't able to forgive us. It was, I think it was Irenaeus of Leon who said, whatever was not assumed by the incarnation was not healed. His point was, if Jesus didn't assume a full human nature, but as God, none of our human nature is healed. Mm. And uh, so like Athanasius understood all of that. And he was willing to stand for that truth, even though the rest of the cosmopolitan world of bishops stood against him. They leveraged as much power as they could. Actually, at one point, Roman soldiers were trying to track him down to otherwise imprison or kill him. And uh, he was on a boat on a river with his robes on, and these Roman soldiers come right up on him. Why are you wearing your robes, man? Well, so uh, they come up on him (laughs) in the boat, and they say, have you seen Athanasius? And he says to them, oh, he's not very far from you. And they take it as a cue, he's further up the river, and so they keep going. <laughs> oh, that had to feel I love so that good. line. Like, oh, he's not very far. <laughs> like, Closer he's than right you here. <laughs> yeah. Of course, I know him. He's, he's me. me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was willing to stand for the truth, even though it was against popular opinion, and uh, all of that. I think serves as a helpful reminder. On the one hand, that even what looks like the world of the church itself stands against one of these first rank doctrines, like in the nineteen twenties. There was a movement within the church to say, well, I mean, it was almost the same thing again. Like, Jesus isn't actually divine. And men Mm. like J. Gresham Machen would say, no, like, that's like, we're not Christians anymore if we think that. And it's interesting because not only do we need to continually stand for that, but it's interesting to see how even these ancient heresies continue to try and reinvent themselves and say, Mm. well, like, this is new. Like, we never thought about this before. It's like, no, dude, yeah. <laughs> like the church said this is wrong in the 300s. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, just something for us to keep our eyes open on and keep fighting the good fight. So mm-hmm. there we go. Christological heresies. Now you know how to identify and deal with every single one, right? Yeah, all of exactly. them. All of them in depth. Perfectly. <laughs> oh, thank you as always for listening. If you found this helpful and you want to leave us an honest five-star review on that Apple podcast platform, we'd sure be grateful. Hopefully we weren't articulating heresies that need to be condemned. And if you have any questions on this or any other topic, feel free as always to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Thank you as always for listening, and we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.